Okay, here we go. Oh, so uh, we're looking at, at Ezra here, chapter 1, but I want to back up. Watch how neat your Bible's put together. Oh, if we back up just a little bit, this is the very last chapter of, uh, of um, Chronicles. You notice, look at that, it says First and Second Chronicles, I mean going backwards here, Second Kings, First Kings, and First and Second Samuel. Basically Samuel was all about David, uh, all those. Notice if you back up further, you'll see that's Ruth, yeah, and that's chronologically right in order, Judges, then Joshua, and then there you go, Deuteronomy, backing all the way back up to Exodus and Genesis. It's a historical trail right here. Anyway, interesting enough, let me show you this. Notice when you have First and Second Kings... How come there's not a third kings and a fourth kings? <laughs> the kingdom was gone. <laughs> Israel lost their nation. But what is so interesting is, guess what? There was another king, and guess who that king is? It's Jesus. He came along right after that. So this, that's why the, it's so exciting to actually, on your own, start going, oh, I see it, I see it, okay? But anyway, now these kings quit right here. This is a recap of these kings, First and Second Chronicles. There won't be any additional kings in there. It's the same ones listed in here. Some of the stories are almost perfectly identical. Anyway, it, it just means people were writing these things down. Okay, Nehemiah and Ezra. Uh, well, let me get back to those in a second. But it, of course, we re, we know the story of Esther here, and then Job, and then you got Psalms, Proverbs. Remember, Proverbs was written by Solomon, so that's up in this time frame one of the kings. Ecclesiastes was too. Song of Solomon. It's nothing but boyfriend, girlfriend. Uh, I hate to burst somebody's bubble, but the lily of the valley is the girl. Read it yourself. I am the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon. People say, what's the church? Guys, too many details to try. It's, it's a love story. Any high school girl or guy could figure that out. And there's nothing wrong with that. We pulled romance out of our lives thinking it was ugly or something. It was something that's not from the Bible. Oh, yes, it is. Go check the Garden of Eden out. It's pretty romantic going on there. Isaiah, Jeremiah were, were prophesying. Trying, they were secondhand to the king. Trying to tell these kings during their lifetime to don't go down this path. And Ezekiel, and there was all the rest of these prophets. I don't want to scroll down, but all those guys, they're, they're, they tell you when they were there. They will say something occasionally about Jesus. And that's where we get the, the, the story. See all these prophets right here? Ah, I skipped a little bit. Let's get a better picture of them here. Yeah, here we go from, uh, that's good. Okay, you see Jeremiah here. Lamentations, they lost their kingdom. They were lamenting over it. They lost it. Okay. Ezekiel was a prophet. Daniel, <clears throat> oh, same thing. Uh, tremendous history in Daniel. During that time frame, right after they, because he got hauled off, he was hauled off by Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon. He wasn't even in Jerusalem. Hosea, Joel, Amos, all these little, they, they had little bitty, uh, they, they called them the minor prophets. But it's not important to know major and minor, it's what they said. And when you find out they said stuff during those kings, during that section of history, it all fits together wonderfully. Okay, now, <clears throat> back to what we were looking at here, the very last uh, chapter of Chronicles here, uh, which would be, I'm in chapter uh, 36. Nebuchadnezzar is basically on a war path. It's going down fast. I don't want to read the 36th chapter, but notice this, verse 1, Josiah's son Jehoahaz was selected as the new king. Well, that's because Josiah uh, had just died, okay? He was 23 years old when he, when, when he began to reign, but only lasted, look at that, three months. Now you got another king, okay? And something about Egypt and his, uh, anyway... <clears throat> He goes off to jail, and anyway, but I want to skip down in 2 Chronicles 36, 
because the whole nation is now, notice this, oh, in verse 10 right there, uh, notice the mention of Nebuchadnezzar because they, they wiped it out. They took, Nebuchadnezzar took all the treasures from the temple, took them away to Babylon. Anyway, Zedekiah, verse 11, he's the new king for 11 years. He was the one, Jeremiah, if you read Jeremiah, Jeremiah's trying to talk to Zedekiah saying, just surrender and you won't lose your life. Anyway, well, matter of fact, look at this. So here's verse 12. His reign too was evil as far as the Lord was concerned. He refused to take the counsel of, there it is, Jeremiah, the prophet who gave him a message from uh, uh, the Lord. Now, it's interesting enough, Jeremiah, and I just get this from reading. I don't go Google it or whatever. You just read the scriptures. You'll see it. Jeremiah was, um, he was one of the high priest's sons. So he was actually uh, a high priest as well as far as his genealogy back to to Aaron. Okay, but anyway, notice this. I want you to see what happens here. So everybody's lost. The kingdom is gone. Okay, we've already seen it mentioned Jeremiah. Let me slip on down here toward the end of this thing. Uh, here we go. Uh, look at this, verse 21. Thus the word of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah. Yeah, but I don't read Jeremiah. Well, when you do, you'll see this. The word spoken through Jeremiah that the land must rest, look at this, for 70 years. Daniel, we looked at last week, he knew it was 70 years and he was praying, Lord, send us back to Jerusalem. And all of a sudden we saw this, this next book, Ezra, they all came back. So for 70 years. Okay, uh, now here we go, verse 22. But in the first year of, the king, of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus to make this pro- proclamation. Throughout his kingdom, putting it in writing. All kingdoms of the earth have been given to me by the Lord God of heaven. He instructed me to build him a temple in Jerusalem, in the land of Judah. Now this was basically, I don't know, let's pick somebody. I mean, unfortunately, you could say Hitler or somebody. Whoever was known, was trying to rule and reign. This guy has a change of heart here. And he says, okay, new rule. Or Julius Caesar, whatever. Uh, But anyway, he says, proclamation, all Jews can go back. That is a miracle. Wow, they could all go back. Anyway, uh, among all you that are the Lord's people, return to Israel for this task, and the Lord be with you. This also fulfilled, there he is, the prediction. See, Jeremiah knew, because, and he, he wasn't just guessing. God told him, 70 years, 70 years. Okay, so here we go. The next book over is Ezra. So here we go. During the first year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, you know, these are real people. <clears throat> there was a real King Cyrus. We can look him up. The Lord fulfilled Jeremiah's prophecy. Wow. See, notice this is a different book. It wasn't like they were sitting with each other saying, I'm going to write this. Make sure you make a note of that and put it in my book. These books were totally separated from each other. We put them together later on after Jesus. Okay. Anyway, it it was in writing. Here's that proclamation. You know, notice put it in the permanent records. That's reason I have a hard time believing any of this stuff is fairy tales. Okay. Cyrus, the king of Persia, hereby announces that Jehovah, the God of heaven, who gave me. Do you notice the reason that other guy, Chronicles, had it documented and he could say the same thing is because he probably just looked at the newspaper saying, whoa, proclamation, or the post that was stuck on the tree. Proclamation, all Jews everywhere. He said, all Jews everywhere. Yeah, okay. Okay. He said, the God of heaven who gave me my vast empire has now given me the responsibility. This, this guy's not even a Jew. Gave him the responsibility of building him a temple in Jerusalem because Nebuchadnezzar tore it to pieces about 70 years ago. 
All Jews throughout the kingdom may now return to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple of Jehovah, who is the God of Israel uh, and of Jerusalem. May his blessings rest upon you. Those Jews who do not go should contribute toward the expenses of those who do and supply them with clothing, transportation, supplies for the journey, and a free will offering for the temple. Look at all these fantastic blessings. Now remember, we looked at last week where Jeremiah says, and I got, I got the reference now, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. This was a letter that Jeremiah wrote to the exiles 70 years before, saying, look, don't dwindle away. Pray for Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom. Have families, build homes, and enjoy yourself. You are coming back. Well, here's that did. They came right back. What is so neat was this little 70 years was just a drop in the bucket, but that's where you have Daniel in the lion's den. That's where you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Boy, I tell you what, God was taking, writing down names and kicking them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, when they were in Babylon, Daniel was not going to bow down to nobody but the Lord. And he wound up being president, just like who? Joseph. See, this is a pattern, and it's the same pattern that happens with you in your life. So notice this. Here they're coming right back. I have to open that up one more time just to show you how quick that was. This was, uh, let me close this down, the Chronicles right here. First and Second Chronicles, and, the, and that was the end of it, First and Second Kings, and then all of a sudden, here they come back. Wow. Now, it's interesting, we're only... When, when they come back here, the numbers are there. You can, Daniel tells you, because he's in this group that came back, and God told him 400 and something years. Well, from 400 and certain years, that's when Jesus came, because Daniel said the anointed one will come in 400 and something years, 483, something like that. But anyway, okay, so here we are back at Ezra. Let me close this down. So, so now we see what's going on. Uh, back at Ezra 1 here, verse 4, those Jews, okay, yeah, it says, uh, give them an offering. God gave a great desire to the leaders of the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, priests, and Levites to return to Jerusalem at once to rebuild the temple. All the Jewish exiles chose to remain in Persia, gave them whatever assistance they could, as well as gifts for the temple. Now, where did these guys here in exile, where did they become so rich to give an offering? The Lord. The Lord. Cyrus himself, look at that. Look at that says. The gold bowls and the other valuable items which King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple. Remember his dream he had? Well, not one a dream. He saw the handwriting on the wall like this. Ooh, it was tinky, tinky. I mentioned that. It was tinky, meeny, meeny, something, whatever. Uh, anyways, because they were drinking from those cups in their temple of their God. Boy, and the Lord basically told that king, he says, well, your life's over with. Daniel had to come in there and translate it. But anyway... So here comes these gold temples. Notice these, I mean, these gold items. Taken from the temple, verse 7, uh, at Jerusalem and placed in the, in the temple of his own gods. He instructed this guy, this, notice this guy, the treasurer of Persia, to present these gifts to Belshazzar, the leader of the exiles, returning to Judah. Now notice this. Where's all this money coming from? Wait a minute. Where's this Lord coming from? He is there to help all of us. I mean, I tell you what... Uh, this is not even Nehemiah. Nehemiah kicks in about 10 years after this. He's fixing to come back. Put it this way. Ezra built the temple back again. And Nehemiah, he built the walls back. Okay? Now they were sort of going to get some of the walls here. But uh, the wall got finished when Nehemiah got there 10 years later. Notice this. A thousand gold trays. 
I'm not going to list it all, but anyway, look, 29 sensors, 30 gold bowls. All in all, look at that. Okay, so here we go. Let me speed up a little bit. Chapter 2. Here's a list of the Jewish exiles that were brought back. Had been deported to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. When did they get deported? The chapter previous. Second Chronicles 36. Okay, here they are coming all back. See, there, there's Nehemiah right there. Okay, anyway, notice this. They had, they had a list of all, I'm not going to read all these, but here's, here's all this list of people. We'll get to the punchline here at the end of this thing. Eh, let's see, all these descendants. Uh, let's see, let's keep coming here. This is still some good stuff. There it is. So a total of 42,360 persons returned to Judah. Guess what? Nehemiah, in his book, a little later, he writes, has the same number. Actually, has the same thing. Well, somebody just cut and paste while they were drunk and smoking weed. No, they weren't either. These were real records. These kings, Arturses, Arturses, Ahasuera of the Medes, Cyrus, the king of Persia, these are real people during our historic background. Not just the Bible background, but they're listed in your Western Civ books and all that stuff. Anyway. Again, notice that some of the leaders were able to give generously toward the rebuilding of the temple. They gave as much as, uh, and each gave as much as he could. The total amount of their gifts was 300,000 gold. Look at that. Can you imagine? They, they don't even have King David. There's nobody out there doing anything except for the Lord. The Lord said, I told you if you worship idols, you're history. And then so now the whole, and matter of fact, God said, the prophets were saying this. Everybody's going to go, why did the Lord wipe out Jerusalem? And everybody will reply, because we were worshiping idols. You know, God's not going to share his glory with anybody. Okay. But anyway, after 70 years, you're going to go back. So anyway, they come back here. Uh, let's see, we got, and this is Ezra 2, verse 70. So the priest, and they, notice they had 100 robes for, the pre, robes for the priest. The priest and the Levites and the common people, they settled in Jerusalem. Look at that, the singers, the gatekeepers. Wow, all these people came back. All right, let's get some more details here. All right, in the third chapter, during the month of September, everyone who had returned to Judah came from Jerusalem to their homes and other towns. Okay, this guy, Jeshua, with his fellow priests, Zerubbabel, and his clan, they rebuilt, rebuilt the altar of Israel, and they sacrificed burnt offerings upon it, as instructed by the law of Moses. Okay, so they've been reading the Bible. They knew what to do. Uh, the man of the, uh, Moses, the man of God. The altar was rebuilt on the old site, and it was used immediately to sacrifice the morning and evening burnt offerings to the Lord. For the people, look at that, were fearful of attack. So when they saw the sacrifices, just like I mentioned, we need to remember Jesus died for us. And he is a shield. Psalm 91, it's hard to believe that spiritual shield. You know, No, it says a thousand fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. The very last verse in Psalm 91 says, With long life will he satisfy you. So when things come against you like Mel was talking about with her vision or whatever, it could be your back or maybe car-related incidents. You know, Oh my gosh, what if I have a car wreck or somebody tries to shoot me or whatever? Look at that. Okay, I want to speed up because I want to get to these other chapters here. Anyway, they celebrated the Feast of the Tabernacles. I want to key in on the word celebrated. This was what it was. It was a celebration. Okay, anyway... Um, Let's skip on down here just a little bit. Okay, so they hired, verse 7, they hired masons and carpenters, and they brought cedar logs from the people of Tyre and Sidon, paying for them with food and wine and olive oil. The logs were brought down from the Lebanon mountains and floated along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea for King Cyrus. Look at that. He had included this provision in his grant. 
Again, where is this money coming from? Well, it's not only money, but it's also favor. The known king of the world is saying, you guys are going to do this. Wow. Okay, they're going to run into a little hardship here. Let's see what happens when that takes place. So they're trying to hustle up and build this thing. Uh, they finally, I'm going to jump down here to the end of the Ezra 3. And notice this, when they, all the people, they gave a shout, praising God, because the foundation had just been laid. Now remember, this thing got burned to nothing. But now the foundation is back up. But many of the priests, verse 12, and the Levites and other leaders, the old men, boy, they remembered Solomon's beautiful temple. And you can imagine it would bring tears to their eyes. Okay. They wept aloud while others were shouting for joy. So there was, notice this, there were shouting and weeping mingled together. I mean, there's so much noise going on. Okay. Well, remember, uh, when, they, um, when the Israelites came back, there's other enemies that live out in the county out there, and they didn't like it. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin, they heard the exiles had returned and were rebuilding the temple, they approached Zerubbabel and the other leaders and said, let's work with you, for we are interested in your God as you are. No, they were lying. We have sacrificed him ever since King so-and-so of Assyria brought us here. Boy, Zerubbabel said, no chance. And the high priest Jeshua and the other Jewish leaders said, no, you may have no part in this work. Now, they weren't being mean. These enemies were being mean. They were trying to set a trap. They knew it. The temple of the God of Israel must be built by Israelis. Just as, look at that, King Cyrus had commanded. Well, these guys are going to be mad. The local residents, they tried to discourage and frighten them from sending agents. No, by sending agents to tell lies uh, about them to King Cyrus. So some of them got on their horses and started saying, Oh, the Jews, they're going to rebel. The Jews are going to do this. Cyrus knew better. But as you know, leaders change. So guess what? Cyrus is going to fade away, going to have a new king, and he's not going to know what's going on. Notice, notice that he says here, this went on during his entire reign until King Darius took the throne. Now, if you don't remember, before the Romans conquered the world, there was four kingdoms, Pers, Persians, Medes, well, who are the other ones are, uh, Chaldeans, anyway, there was four. Daniel wound up, remember Daniel was president of, all, of them all underneath uh, Darius when they threw him in the lion's den. But anyway, this guy was around there too. And notice this. When afterwards, when King Ahasuerus began to reign, they wrote him, these are the bad guys, they wrote him a letter of accusation against the people of Judah. And they did the same thing. Here's another guy. So now we're three kings down. Cyrus was the one that made the proclamation. Now, could be 15 to 20 years have gone by. I think it was just 10. Uh, but anyway, uh, this guy and this guy, these bad guys... They wrote a letter to him in the Aramaic language, and it was translated to him. Others who participated... No, see how, see how real this was? Everybody's signature was on this. Boy, they were mad at the Jews. Let's see what they wrote. Oh, here's the text of the letter they sent to the king. Well, sir, greetings to you from your loyal subjects west of the Euphrates. Uh, please be informed that the Jews... Sent to Jerusalem for Babylon, they're rebuilding this historic, rebellious, evil city. They've already rebuilt its walls and repaired the foundations of the temple. Uh, but we wish to let you know, if this city is rebuilt, it will be to much disadvantage to you. The Jews are going to refuse to pay you taxes. Boy, they were lying. Now I want to tell you, as we progress in this story... You don't have to get a bunch of people to politic. You don't even have to address this. You just keep trusting the Lord and God will fix it all. 
That's what they did. He said, since we're grateful to you as our patron, and we do not want to see you taken advantage of, that's the reason we told you about this story. We suggest you search the ancient records and discover what a rebellious city this is in the past. In fact, it was destroyed because of a long history of sedition against kings and countries. Well, that wasn't the truth. It was destroyed because they worshipped idols. But anyway, we wish to declare that if this city is rebuilt and the walls are finished, you might as well forget about your part of the empire beyond the Euphrates. It'll be lost to you. Well, they were lying. Anyway, the king made this reply to these guys. Gentlemen, greeting. This letter, remember, this is three kings later. And he says, I've ordered a search of the ancient records, and I found out that Jerusalem has been a hot spot. So here's what I'm going to summarize here because I'm going to get to the next chapter. He's going to say, yeah, you're right. These guys can create trouble, so tell them to stop. Well, now, if you and I were Jews and we're rebuilding the temple, we just heard that we got to stop. All right, let's see. In fact, I find there more some, uh, let's see. Let's see where he says that. Yeah, therefore, I command these men must stop until I have investigated the matter thoroughly. Don't delay. We must not permit the situation to get out of control. Well, now that looks like it's over with. All of a sudden, you had the known king of the world saying, build a temple. Now the known king is saying, stop. What? Well, remember, that didn't stop God. God said, you are coming back to Jerusalem, and you're going to rebuild that temple? Let's see it happen. Here we go. So notice it said, the work ended until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. There were prophets. Uh-oh, put your Bible together. Look at this. Are these some books of the Bible? Yeah. Haggai, Zechariah, wow. That's what their little short books were about. Anyway, they brought messages from God to Israel, and basically, notice what they said do. They said, keep building, keep building. Verse verse 3, this was a guy outside of town. He was a bad guy. The governor of the lands and his companions, they arrive, and they said, hey, who gave you permission to rebuild this temple? Boy, they got mad. Now, in summary, watch what happens. They're going to get in trouble right now. They're, it's fit, boys, it's going to get them. They asked for it. They said, give me your name. I want your name. Dustin? Yeah. Melody? Myrna? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil? Gotcha. Where do you live? <laughs> We're going to send up. Don't worry. Remember, these prophets are supposed to be right. Okay? And they were. Anyway, the following letter was sent to King Darius. Boy, they are going to get in so much trouble here. Watch what Darius does. This is so great. Uh, Greetings. We wish to inform you that we went to the construction site of the temple of the great God of of Judah. It's being built with huge stones, timbers being laid. The work is going forward with great energy and success. Hello, the Lord. We asked the leaders, who gave you this permission? We demanded their names so we could notify you. Their answer was, we're servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we're rebuilding the temple uh, constructed here many years ago by the great king of, of Israel. That would have been Solomon. But afterward, our ancestors angered the God of heaven. He abandoned them and let Nebuchadnezzar destroy this temple and exile the people to Babylon. See, the story of Nebuchadnezzar is almost like the story of the resurrection. It's so easy. You had about 20 kings, and they all blew it at the end after, after 20 years went by. And Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, burning fiery furnace, Nebuchadnezzar wiped him out. Okay. But then... No, but they insisted that the king of Cyrus of Babylon during the first year of his reign, uh, no, this is what they're saying. The Jews are saying this some, some king by the name of Cyrus, okay, he issued a decree that the temple should be rebuilt. 
And they say Cyrus returned the gold and the silver bowls which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and placed them in the temple of Babylon. They say these items were delivered in the safekeeping of a man named this, and it was, whom King Cyrus appointed as governor of Judah, and they did. Anyway, the king instructed him to return the bowls to Jerusalem and let the temple of God be built there. So this guy named Sheshbazzar came and laid the foundations and the people have been working on it ever since, though it's not complete. Now notice what they say. We request you search the royal... Well, remember, it's all fairy tales, right? No, it was not fairy tales. The royal library of Babylon and discover whether King Cyrus ever made such a degree and let us know your pleasure in this matter. Now, I want to stop here and let you, there's just some stuff that you can actually Google and find out. But did you know that Sodom Hussein, he claimed he was a descendant of Nebuchadnezzar because that's where Babylon was, basically, wherever his place was in Iraq. Okay, anyway, back to this. So they said, well, we want you to search the royal record. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's see what happens. He does. Darius issued orders that a search be made of the Babylonian archives where documents were stored. Eventually, the record was found at the palace at Ekbatana in the province of Media. This is what it said. Not same old stuff again. In the first year of King, reign of King Cyrus, a decree was set out, whatever to be built. Notice the height was 90 feet and the width will be 90. There'll be three layers of huge stones. <laughs> anyway, look at this. All expenses will be paid by the king. The gold and the silver bowls, which were taken from the temple by Nebuchadnezzar, shall be taken back. Okay. So here comes Darius. He's a law-abiding citizen. He's proud of his country. He sent a message back to these idiots. Don't disturb the construction. And I'll go ahead and speed to it. Remember Mordecai in the book of Esther? He's going to say, look, if you clowns don't get off their back, your house is going to be torn down and we're going to build gallows and you're going to be hung there. So they had to stop. And then guess what else he's going to tell them? And by the way, you fund it from now on. Now these people outside of town that were mad at, they're having to open their wallet and give all this money. Praise the Lord. Don't disturb the construction. This is Ezra 6, verse 6. Let it be built on the former site. Don't molest the governor of Judah and other leaders in their work. Moreover, I decree... You are to pay for the full construction cost without delay from my taxes collected in your territory. Give the priest in Jerusalem young bulls, rams, and uh, uh, for burnt offerings to the God of heaven and give them wheat and wine. Uh oh, yeah. Anyway, salt and olive oil each day without fail. Now, this is getting to be funny. Watch this. Now, remember, Cyrus did this because he knew the Lord. Guess what? Darius knows who the Lord is, too. Watch what he says here. Verse 10, then they will be able to offer acceptable sacrifices of the God of heaven and pray for me and my sons. Now, why would he want to do that? Well, he knew the God of heaven, just like David was told by the Lord. He said, your sons will always be on the throne. Okay. This guy didn't want to be wiped out. He says, so the the God of heaven, they'll pray for me. Anyone who attempts to change this message in any way, the beam shall be pulled from his house, here goes the gallows, and built into a gallows on which he'll be hanged. And his house shall be reduced to a pile of rubble. And the God, who's chosen the, the God who has chosen the city of Jerusalem will destroy any king or nation that alters this commandment and destroys this temple. Praise the Lord. That was a royal record. Wow. Anyway, he says, I, Darius, 
have issued this decree, let it be obeyed with all diligence. Oh my goodness, boy. So here comes those bad guys. Boy, they complied at once. (laughs) So the Jewish leaders continued their work and they were greatly encouraged by, here's those prophets again. The temple was finally finished and had been commanded by God and the decreed by, here's those kings, all these kings of Persia. The completion date was February 18th in the sixth year of the reign of Darius. The temple was dedicated with great joy. I mean, everybody's having a hootenanny. I want to pull up one little point right here and then we'll stop. Let me find where it is. They had a big Passover too. That was wonderful. Uh, let's see. They had a great time. Uh, let's see where that comes up. It's right here. Oh, yeah. Here's the genealogy of Ezra. Oh, uh, uh, Anyway, Ezra was the son of this guy, this guy, this guy. What was interesting is what I found out was Hilkiah, he's the dad of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, like Mel was talking about one of her cousins, he was cousin. Ezra was a cousin to Jeremiah. Anyway, let me speed through this because there's a little point here, a little history thing. Okay, Ezra, was, Ezra showed up a little bit later. He didn't show up at the beginning, even though this book is called that. So he finally gets over there after this temple is already uh, getting put together. Uh, here, here's right here. So they left, notice this, they left Babylon in the middle of March in the seventh year of the reign of Artaxes, whatever his name is. Okay, so this king. They arrived at Jerusalem in the month of August, for the Lord gave them a good trip. Now notice the next phrase. Now that's why your Bible is so important. Let's see if we can do this. This was because Ezra determined, like Phil was saying, if I ever got stranded somewhere, I won't take my Bible. He was determined to study and obey the laws of the Lord and to become a Bible teacher, teaching all the laws to the people. Now notice what happened. They had a good trip. The Lord blessed them. Now a little more details right here on this. Oh, isn't it amazing how the king, you get? it's just like Joseph and Pharaoh. Well, the king presented this letter to Ezra the priest, the student of God's commands, from, we'll just call him Art, Art, the king of kings, to the Ezra the priest, the teacher of the laws of the God of heaven. I decree any Jew in my realm, you know, uh, they can all go back to Jerusalem. What, what a miracle. What happened to the slavery? Well, it's gone. Remember, Daniel prayed, God, you got the Israelites out of Egypt, do it again. Well, here it is. What a miracle. Okay. We commission you to take with you to Jerusalem, the silver and the gold presented in the offerings. Okay. Uh, anyway, there's voluntary offerings and all this kind of stuff. Let me get down here to this other part here. It's just, uh, man, this, this is unending, the amount of money was pouring in. Uh, yeah. The king also gave a decree. Lotus says, all the treasurers in the provinces west of, of the Euphrates, you are to give Ezra whatever he requests. Look at this, up to 200,000 in this and that and whatever and whatever else the God of heaven demands for the temple. Look at that. This is what the king said. Why should we risk God's wrath against his king and his son? Wow, see, they believed him. Okay. All right, let me skip a little bit further. Okay. Uh, Okay, let's go into the eighth chapter. I think it's right here. Yeah, these are the names. Yeah, here they are. They're fixing to travel. These are the names of the ones who came with me. This guy, this guy, this guy. Well, who's that guy? It's Daniel. Hmm, yeah. Anyway, they, they just left the king's office there on the way. Here we go, verse 15. We're going to stop right here. Watch this. We assembled at the 
made-up name of a river. No, it wasn't. It was like the Tennessee River. As soon as they got out of town, they camped there for three days. While I went over the list of the people and the priest who had arrived, I found that not one Levite volunteered. So I sent for Eliezer and these four or five guys or whatever, several of them. Anyway, they finally, some of these guys said, no, we're going to go. Okay. Oh. Yeah, they, verse 17 I sent them to Ido, the leader of the Jews at Kasiphia, to ask him and his brothers and the temple attendants to send us priests for the temple at Jerusalem. God was good. He sent us an outstanding man named whatever, we'll just call him Share there, along with 18 of, uh, what did it say, 18 of his sons and brothers. He was a very astute man and a descendant of this guy, son of Levi, grandson of Israel. Anyway, God sent, anyway, God, look at all these powerful blessings. Okay, let me, verse 21, this is it. When I, then I declared a fast while we were at that river so that we could humble ourselves before God. Look at this. Look at this phrase. And we prayed that he would give us a good trip. Remember, I'm fixing to take a trip too. And we're all going to take a trip home. But watch this. Give us a good trip and protect us, our children, and our goods as we travel. Boy, now listen. Remember, they had some goods. They could well get robbed. Look at that next verse. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and a cavalry to protect us. After all, we told the king that our God would protect us. <laughs> need a little help from him. No, I don't need any help. Praise the Lord. Our God would protect us, all those who worship him, and that disaster would come only to those who had forsaken him. Praise the Lord. Did you know, thank God today, Jesus has died for us. We do not have to think about disaster today in any form. So we fasted. Here it is, the punchline. Beg God to take care of this. There it is. And he did. Anyway, they arrived. They were there, I think, in three months. Praise the Lord. Well, what do we get out of that? Well, a lot of things. Fantastic stuff. Realizing God's going to just, he's going to take care of us. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you. If we're not feeling good, maybe your eyes are hurting or something like that, or just headaches or backaches or whatever, or something else, or maybe it might just be worried about something might be coming on us someday. Lord, you're going to take care of that. It'll be gone. Same thing's true financially. Look at all the money that was poured in, Lord, that you did. You pulled it together from the highest office in the land. You will take care of us financially. Lord, if it's not mentioned anything we've seen today, but we just need you to help us with something else that's on our heart, we know you'll take care of that. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others how the Lord's doing the same things we read in the scriptures in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Amen, yeah.